Hello, friends. Josh, Bo, and Kirk Henderson coming to you before the Mavericks game against the Utah Jazz ends on Friday night, Saturday morning, depending on where you are. Josh, what's up? I am the Joker. Are you? Let's talk about it. Uh, I was, I think this is the first game I'm mad, like real, like I'm like really mad about Kirk. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how mad I'm going to get with you right now. Cause I still feel like I need to rein it in a little bit, but the big thing for me, and I said this on Twitter and I'm going to say it again, is that the losses in a vacuum do not bother me. If I mm-hmm. look at the schedule and I don't see the score, and I know the circumstances, and I just see W or L next to the games, my head, like, I go, okay, I get it. You know, I am willing to give this team all of the benefit of the doubt considering the circumstances because this is basically unprecedented Unprecedented. what's happened to this team. You know, this is a weird, crazy season, all, all the things. But there's a difference between losing and losing these types of games, this type of losing. Um, the Mavericks are so far away from a competitive team right now that it is scary and not just competitive in the sense of like, well, all these guys are coming back. No, like just, I'm talking like give a shitness level is at all time lows in the Luca era. And that's disturbing. And I don't know how many times this team has to get a shit kicked in, in the first quarter before they decide that they need to start playing. NBA basketball, but it's upsetting. And who knows? Maybe they're going to beat Phoenix in, in a back-to-back and get and, and get get things together. Maybe this podcast has a has a half life of twenty four hours or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, it's very much possible. But at the end of the day, like this four game losing streak happened. It's in the books, and mm-hmm. even if they do crawl out of it, it is very disturbing that they're having to make this type of crawl out of this because at the end of the day. There has to be some sort of expectation level that's like, look, we know you're not going to win all these games. We know Utah's really good. We know it's a terrible matchup. But I got to see something, Kirk. And I don't see anything. Well. I don't see anything. There was an an interesting discussion prompted by by a friend of the pod, former Mavs Moneyball staffer Dalton Trigg, who just said, you know, I'm wondering if these guys have given up on Carlisle. And it's a legitimate question, but the answer to that question is who fucking cares because half of these guys are second-round picks and undrafted free agents. Send them out of town. This is nonsense. And first of all, I resent the fact that you think you can get mad like I can. How dare you, sir? (laughs) (laughs) No, can't come at the king. No, no, no. I mean, this this is just, it's one of them. And, And it's really hard to figure out where to start because like my ire at the moment is is focused on KP, but watching the rest of them proceed to not do anything is really frustrating. James Johnson leading the team in turnovers is embarrassing. I'm just like picking out a random guy. Uh, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. with another of a game. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith actually looked like a real basketball player, at least in the ability to shoot, but he had one steal and no other statistical contributions in 23 minutes. He had no rebounds. Nothing. <laughs> nothing like quit crapping on yourselves guys and you know it, it, it to, to bring it back to what i talked to what i what i was eventually talking about is like you know these guys like like i understand why our fans get frustrated with carl carl can't make jalen brunson box out at all 
you know, when Brunson gives up two offensive boards on the same possession, you know, that, like, like he can't make these guys play hard. And I hear where people are saying, well, all right, all right. It's the coach's job to motivate the team. I understand. But at a certain point, when it comes to playing professional sports or sports at all, for anybody who's done anything competitive, it comes down to pride. This is the fourth game that they have gotten waxed at certain points. You know, at least the Denver game, they were mostly competitive, but there are points of that first quarter where they were getting destroyed. And and I, I just, I don't really have anything to say that's constructive other than I have a flaming hot take I want to get off at some point. But let's let's keep going. Yeah, I think uh, what is what is crazy about this game is that they just played Utah and they stayed in Utah. They, they didn't mm-hmm. travel. Um, and they just played this team and they just got their doors knocked off by this same team. And in the NBA, when these types of games happen, when you kind of have a game, you play two games against the team in a row in a regular season, it's very rare, but it, it has happened before in the COVID season. And I don't have the data in front of me, but I would say a lot, like, I would be very, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the record in those games, like, it's mostly, it evens out like a split. Because sure. it's part, you know, it's the regular season, it's not the playoffs, you're not getting guys, and you're not getting number one schemes, you're not getting, like, optimal lineups from the whole time because you know it's regular season at, at some point guys are just trying to get through the games and not and right. hurt and be healthy and coaches don't give stuff away so it's very like i legitimately think it's very hard to beat a team two times in a row in two straight games in the regular season and that's why like what the, alone absolutely demolished them yes that's what's insane to me and it was it was the ESPN broadcast. I did not listen to the local broadcast because of the you know the Fox Sports situation. So I needed to be on ESPN. Uh, and the the announcers on ESPN, Doris Burke. I can't remember who who the play by play guy. He doesn't he doesn't matter. But Doris matters. Yeah. Uh, but Doris was like, I don't know. Like she's like I under, like they kept running through all the 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 reasons why the Mavericks are struggling. And she's like, of all the things that are happening like in this first quarter, I'm just shocked at like how much the Maverick, like how little competitiveness there is from the Mavericks, because it's not just like they scored 12 points. That's, that's horrible. They scored, that's, mm-hmm. You can't really beat around the bush, but Kirk, they're getting beat on rebounds where there's three Mavericks in the paint and one jazz player yep. and, and they, and they lose the rebound. Yep. It's stuff like that. It's, it's the balls on the floor and there's two Mavericks standing and a jazz player is on the floor with the ball. Like, that kind of stuff. It's Willie Colley Stein in the first quarter catching the ball at the basket, unguarded for the most part. Like just a guy somewhat like a foot or two within him. He just catches a great pass from Luca. He doesn't look at the rim and he passes it out. Yeah. And it's like, it's just this, it's it's this weird, like I just do not understand. I knew that things could get bad with what's happened to this team. But at the end of the day, I just thought these guys would fight a little harder. Or at the very least, you know, they fought a little in the second quarter and, you know, at times in the fourth. But, like, just the way these games are starting is just – it's abhorrent. And it's – and I don't know what the fix is other than it. they just – it just – I don't know. It just sort of fixes itself. Like, it's we're, – we're getting – these losses are getting so hysterically lopsided that it's almost beyond X's and O's, which is, like, stupid. And I hate that. Like, Kirk, I've been wanting to write a column about, like, some analysis about this team in the last week or so. And what am I going to write? Like, <laughs> like I like I want to break down the game and I want to put some gifts in the post like I do. I want to write these yeah. nice 
analytical pieces. But when they're this, when it's this crappy, when the basketball is this low quality, what am I going to write other than they're playing like shit? Submit. Yeah, I mean that's that's you know, and that 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 kind of gets gets me to the heart of of the matter. And I am at the place. I was nearly here on Wednesday, and I backed away. And then I watched the game against the Jazz tonight where up until the fourth quarter, okay, guys, so so Porzingis is going to finish with 11 and 9. Up until the fourth quarter, Kristaps Porzingis had three points and three rebounds. And I believe it is time for Dallas to seriously consider moving on from him. Yeah. That may come to to bite me, and maybe yeah. he'll look like a player at some point. But he is tentative, and what's worse, he's utterly ineffective. Where whatever is going on with his body and his brain put together has sapped any sort of competitiveness out of him, to where he looks like a guy afraid to make a mistake. In the first half, I made a comment where I like, I really wanted somebody to show him that speech from the movie, the replacements where they talk about being in quicksand. Cause that's what he looks like. But then the Mavericks come out and at the start of the second half and they force feed him a post-up where he misses terribly. He sucks at post-ups. Why are we doing this? The Mavericks like, like it's so frustrating because like Luka Doncic is the star. Porzingis is a backup dancer. All of them are. And and I'm I'm sorry if this upsets people who think, well, Dallas has some real ballers. They can go out and score buckets. No, they don't. They have Luka. They have everybody else, which is a rotating piece, just like Dirk Nowitzki for 15 years where they mixed and matched. The superstar is what matters. Everything else is secondary. And so for the Mavericks to play like a team that has done something, which – Porzingis is probably the lead bannerman of is really frustrating to me. Now I want to couch this in that I understand he may be unconfident in his body. Injuries suck. I am a person who can sometimes can't get out of bed. I feel this, but if that's the case, then they cannot afford to have him on the team anymore. They lock themselves into this deal and it might make or break the era. And that is why I am very, I've been concerned. I went and looked at my tweets from the night of the trade. I talked myself into this, but I initially said, I don't feel great about this. And this sort of stuff is why. Yeah. I, I don't know why, for some reason <laughs> I should be more mad about him. I don't know why I've like, I'm, I'm really right, mad. The rest of it really, no, cause it, like I'm taking my frustrations with the team out on Porzingis, but it really is a team issue. Yeah. And I think, the thing that is baffling to me is, you know, he came back. His first game was, you know, relatively smooth. I know he didn't shoot well overall, but he hit but four he of nine okay. from. Yeah, he looked okay. He moved well, like he seemed able, like quick on his feet. Uh, and then, you know, he struggled from three early, but he he had some signs. And then he put together one, what, four games of twenty plus points. Three of the games, he's over fifty percent. He's fifty percent or better from the field. In one of the games, he's at 49 and 19, 47, which isn't like horrible. Uh, one of the games is a 12 of 15, 27 point, th- you know, 13 rebound game. Then the next night, 21 points, eight rebounds, seven of 14, three, five from three. And it's like, okay, he's, 
he's rounding in. Like it was nice. It was like, okay, he's not, it's not going to be last season where he takes 20 games to, to warm himself up and for the Mavericks to figure out what, what he needs to do on the floor because that San Antonio game, he played almost exclusively at the five. Mm-hmm. And then he he sits out that Houston game on the second out of back to back, and I swear to God, like what what happened? Like, did he get monstered uh, while he was out that game? Like, he looks. It's not just that he's shooting poorly. It's like you said, he looks. He doesn't look confident in his body. He and, doesn't jump. He yeah, he, he is looks rarely slow. going at the rim. And there was a play in the fourth quarter, which is now blowing up online, where he tried to dunk from like just inside the free throw line and Rudy just moves out of the way and KP completely loses the ball. He looks pathetic and I, it's so it's almost like I, I, I I'm facilitating between feeling bad for him and being mad. Am I wrong that he looks a hundred times slower in these last three games than he did when he came back in the Charlotte game? I mean, I think there's something to that. I, I, yeah. I mean, is it, you would think he he would ramp up. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know anything but about this. Him. Is, this is trainer. the problem. This yeah. is the problem. We talked about this in our Slack. We don't really put this stuff on our website too much because people don't want to hear real. Like people don't want to hear. You know, you're if you're listening to our podcast. If you're coming to our website, you're a Mavs fan. You understandably don't want to hear rain on the parade all the time. But in our in our uh, Slack, we've talked about one of the real challenges with Porzingis as a concept is because he is always coming back from an injury, he cannot add anything to his game. He is the exact same player he was four years ago. And, and he's had two his last two off seasons have been knee surgery rehabs. And that's when that's the time when you add stuff to your game. To the media tonight. He typically doesn't shy away from accountability, so that's a bit surprising per ESPN's Tim McMahon. And I, I feel for him because this is this is a, at the moment where I feel bad for him. But I I this is a business he's chosen. Yeah. You know, he wants to be the man, and and that's the other thing. I there's some real there's some real aspects to how Dallas and Luca to a certain extent is treating him. In that they're they're doing things that are are again you know Luca played a weird effect he still had twenty five six and seven I mean and two turnovers <laughs> and two turnovers somehow against the team that is was monstrous on on defense and 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 uh, I don't know I don't know man this is I, awful yeah I think I don't know what to think I think. I said it in our Slack. I'm going to say it here, but I, uh, it doesn't. If it, I'm. This is probably another thing that there, someone's going to timestamp and be like, "Look at, look at what you said, you moron." It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, let me get business. it out. This is therapy. It, doesn't it feel like it's time for a trade? I'm not saying Chris stops. I'm just saying a trade. Like it feels like something needs to be shaken up with the roster because there's some molass that is in this four game losing streak that is really really off and like i said dude kirk you've listened to me you've seen my writing even in slack i'm not even like it's not like i'm playing up on the podcast in slack i'm i'm, I'm a little bit more crazier but i'm yeah, still yeah, yeah. consistent yeah. i have been pretty paid like i've been patient and so there's just something about these two games where they get demolished by the same team two games in a row and the way they do it i just 
something's not adding up, even considering all the circumstances. Uh, and I don't know, maybe I'm an idiot because this team looked like they're about to rip off a huge winning run right before all the COVID struck. So right. I don't know. Maybe I right, mean they beat the they beat the uh, the the Nuggets and and everything just went belly up. Yeah, and they looked, you know, that was the Nuggets on the upswing. That Nuggets win was awesome. Uh, they beat Houston the game before while Houston still had hardened by double digits. Yeah, uh, They came out after the – they came out first game post-COVID. They won two games uh, by double digits. I guess, uh, I guess the, the Hornets game ended up being by nine. But uh, it was basically like a, that game was a laugh for all the way. But I don't know what happened. And then they they had the clo- the three the the loss to Milwaukee, which was close and competitive with nobody on the team playing, basically, uh, except for Luca and KP. And then it's just like the bottom fell out. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. They just they beat a good Pacers team by double digits. So like just something weird. Maybe it is the COVID. Maybe it's the accumulation of all these road games. Just this crazy schedule. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I don't they play care. 13 road games. I know. And so, like, <laughs> I'm sure, like, rational part of Josh's brain is going to wake up tomorrow and be like, what are you, fuck, what are you talking no, about? No, because here's but, the thing. Like, Bobby Bobby Corrala just tweeted this. They fly home and play in, like, 16 hours. Oh, God. And Phoenix is not bad. That's not, that's not going to be a pushover game. No, no. Phoenix is a team that, that can outboard the crap out of them. That's the problem. So this this is why we were worried about this five-game stretch. And what's what's incredible, and please correct me if I've already said this on the podcast, because I feel like we just keep talking about some of the same things, but this is the sum of all of our fears from the last two off-seasons, where people bitch at us and say, ah, why do you guys got to be so grumpy about the front office? Well... In no small part is because basketball is not a complex game. I, I must well, it's a complex game to to master to understand how basketball is played. It is such an easy entry point. So you're watching basketball and you watch how the Mavericks want to play, and yet they keep not doing things to 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 emphasize how they want to play because they're sign they're waiting for stars, and. The past two off seasons have been a disaster outside of signing KP, which let's just call it a wash at this point. You make the trade, you do it. They're not in a good place and they're not in a good place for all the reasons we were worried about. And I cannot believe that we were this right. Yeah. And I'll even, I'll even throw a wash on last off season because their, their options were relatively limited although they still got somehow even with the mid-level they still got played by someone that wanted to go to the lakers uh with marcus all uh but 2019 like i will i will be my grave man uh they left, right. they left 14 million in cap space on the table and you guys want to talk about the mavs aren't a free agent destination so who cares my guy uh my dude uh boyan bogdan oh my god i can't even say his name bogdanovich who mm-hmm. Scored 32 points on 7 of 11 shooting from three. Uh, has a slow start to this season, but even with the slow start, he's still shooting 36% from three this season. And he was good last season. And the Jazz have the best record with him as a starter. Uh, he was a free agent, and he left Indiana to go to Utah. So if everyone wants to keep telling me, which I, you know, I, I, I've entertained the idea that Dallas isn't a free agent destination. And I understand that in the NBA, it's basically um, – 
you know, it's the Laker, it's the it's the glamour markets, which are there's like four or five, and then it's everyone else. And the way everyone else gets guys is you go to them and you give them more money than anyone will give them. Because that's what these non-star but really good NBA players want. Uh, and if you want to get them to leave their team, you have to overpay. Like you can't, not every free agent deal is going to be this perfect little you made out like a bandit deal because yeah. good, like players for, good players cost money. They wait for the perfect deal. And not only that, they play, they, they do everything as if it's a binary, as if it's the Mavericks and not the Mavericks. And, and and it's like guys, there's 30 teams. What's happening here? I, I have to read this because this is this just occurred. Uh, in post game, Luca says they're you know they're playing terrible right now. There there's really not much to say. I've never felt like this. We've got to do something because this is not looking good. We've got to step up and just talk to each other and play way better than this. It's mostly effort. And this is your 21 year old player saying this. He's I mean think about it he's been a professional player since what 13 16 yeah 13 16 whatever whatever. yeah and he was professional player on one of the best teams in europe they didn't lose a lot of games real madrid in europe uh so (laughs) he's not used to losing i don't think people understand that he has basically been ever since he's been a big time player he has been a winner uh, the only time was, I guess, his rookie season, but things were a little bit more understandable because it was rookie season. But outside of that, you know, second season in the NBA, the playoffs, they're winning. You know, everything before that in his rookie season, he's a winner. I I believe that. Like, he's probably – he hasn't experienced – I don't think he's ever experienced something like this before in his basketball career. I know it's obviously super young, but we consider how long he's been a professional. That's still kind of wild. It should be setting off alarms. <laughs> the Mavericks should be in full-on freak-out mode over those kind of quotes at game 17. It's mostly I or <laughs> mostly effort. Mostly effort from some mid-range first round picks, Luka Doncic, KP and then guys who had to fight to make it in the league. That is insane. Yeah. I I don't know. Do we, get, I mean, I, it has to get better ramble. because it can't get any worse, right? We keep saying that, though. <laughs> I know, and I can assure you. It what can. if they lose? To, what if they lose these two Phoenix games? Oh God! What if they lose these two Phoenix games, Kirk? You know, I mean, it's possible, man. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just saying. This is, uh, this is it's it's something else. This sucks. I'm gonna have to write something. It's goddamn. It's midnight. I'm gonna have to write something for tomorrow. You don't That's have to write something. I mean, they're... I know. I'm mad. I gotta get it out. I got like like my I I I I you know some inside baseball for you folks who don't give a crap about my life. Um, <laughs> one of the trade offs of staying up late and doing Mav stuff and doing Mav and 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 being like this is that I often am going to be the one that gets up extra early with my boy in the morning, and because it's Saturday, he will want to wake up and watch cartoons, and that's in like five hours. So. Oh, God. I- <laughs> Uh, I should probably ah, like no this is I've, I have a great th- like I'd re- like I'm gonna be mad about this I'd be flipping through my phone that's why this is more fun like the people who actually suffer through these and like can deal with you and I's grumpiness like understand like this is a collective thing you know like Josh and I would be doing this like we'd be texting or we'd be in our slack like we're really just like airing our conversation that we would be having naturally because yeah. 
you know, you and I, like, we love the Mavericks and we love the team and the people that are associated with the team, but we also have absolutely no problem speaking our minds on this because what they have put together and what they're doing right now is unacceptable to watch. It should be on unac- Cause I mean, their superstars said so. So I have no problem saying it myself. Yeah, you're right. And like I said, they could have, you know what? I mean, I'm giving them, they can't even clear this low bar of they could have lost every single game they lost. But if the out, you know, <laughs> if they weren't all blowouts, I think we would still not be at the ledge of turning into the Joker. You know, like if, oh, yeah. that's the bar that they had to clear and they couldn't even clear that bar. Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> somebody, I'm getting some great, I'm getting some great stuff sent to me about that KP dunk. Man, people are mean. Oh, <laughs> All right, this has been Kirk and Josh. We'll be back uh, apparently in like 18 hours after the Mavericks play the the Suns. Let's go. Yep, we'll talk to you guys soon. Everybody have a good uh, Saturday morning.